Hey there, welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, I'll be your host for today. Uh, today we won't be doing any commercials. Um, however, I wanted to get into uh, reading a book really quickly. Hopefully um, my quietness will remain. I might have some uh, interruptions here and hopefully you can forgive me for that. Today we'll be lit reading from Splitting Hives and Rearing Queens, Growing, Managing Your Small Apiary by Joseph E. Herbert. PhD, and uh, it looks like this is copyright 2018, so it's quite a new book. Um, I was reading this book, and really, you know, this guy's experience is so close to my own. Uh, his very first starting experience is so close to my own that I just I have to read it for you. <laughs> so anyways, um, jumping into the text, uh, I'll be interrupting and uh, talking a little bit as well as reading from the text. So uh, getting into the text here without further ado about this book. In order to get the most out of this book, I recommend that you read it through chapters one through four at least once before trying to put it into practice. This book is not written as a step-by-step -step instruction guide. It is instead written to give you an understanding of both what to do and why. In fact, you'll read it through more than once. I believe you'll find that you'll notice things the second and subsequent times through that you missed the first. This is an indication that you're increasing your understanding. Of course, there is quite a leap between understanding something in your head and putting it into practice in the real world. So I further recommend that once you've read the book through and understand its contents, you can use a frame of empty comb to practice your own grafting technique. Grafting larvae is very much about muscle memory and tactile feedback. There's no amount of explanation I can offer that will match the reality of feeling for yourself just how easy a grafting tool can punch through the bottom of a wax cell. If you just get the feel for it with a frame of empty comb, you will give yourself a real head start before going into your apiary and working with live larvae. So follow these simple steps and you too can learn to rear your own honeybees. Good luck and good practice. So, chapter one, introduction, objective. I had been keeping bees for about a year when I first looked into rearing my own queens. I had come through my first winter with all four hives and decided to do splits. It seemed quick and easy way to double my hive count. Unfortunately, the success was very hit and miss, and worse yet, I didn't know why. When I asked other beekeepers for advice, I was told that I should provide the new hives with queens rather than relying on them to requeen themselves. Now, I could have just bought queens easily enough, but it occurred to me that as my hive count grew, buying queens would quickly become prohibitively expensive. Moreover, even when I realized there would be real advantages to using selective breeding to manage heritable traits, genetics of my bee stock, I looked into learning how to raise my own queens. I remember that moment of sticker shock when I learned that taking hands-on queen rearing class would cost several hundreds of dollars, but I was willing to pay the price. If memory serves, it was about the cost of 15 queens at the time, give or take a queen or two, and I figured if it would not take too long to break even. 
It was about that time one of the more experienced members of our local beekeepers association announced plans to offer a class later that summer. Naturally, I jumped the chance. They asked if anyone was interested to sign up so that they would know how many to plan for, and I immediately put my name on the list. Unfortunately, they got too busy with other things, and the class just never happened. The following year was a repeat of the first. Plenty of people signed up, but the beekeepers with enough experience to teach such a class were too busy. In the meantime, even though it was still on a hit-and-miss basis, my hive count had grown enough that buying queens was too expensive. So I began to look for classes offered nearby. Unfortunately, by the time I added the cost of travel and lodging, that sticker price of several hundred dollars blossomed into well over a thousand. I decided to try another approach. First, I had a friend come over and give me some instruction. He was helpful enough to get me started, but repeated failures made it plain that I had a, lo a lot more to learn. I looked online for instructional videos, but the ones I found were of little help. So I looked for books and courses on the subject, and it was pleasant I was pleasantly surprised to learn that they weren't hard to find. They weren't cheap either. Even so, I was able to buy several books on the subject and a course on, DVD, on a DVD far less than the cost of making of taking a hands-on course. Sadly, my, my pleasant surprise quickly turned into disappointment. I wanted a simple how-to lesson, and what I got were more like training manuals. Like the online videos before, these courses were quite matter-of-factly described the steps and procedures necessary to rear queens on a commercial scale, but with only minimal explanation as to why those steps were needed. Between starter colonies and finisher colonies and mating colonies and rotating brood, and suffice it to say, it was a bit overwhelming. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't that there was too much information to process, just the opposite fact. The problem was that they offered so little explanation of why they were doing what they were telling me to do that I ended up with more questions than answers. Each of them just assumed I would simply dedicate their facility, excuse me, duplicate their facility and mimic their procedure. And therein was the root of the problem. I didn't want to raise hundreds of queens. I didn't want to set up hives dedicated to the task, special incubators, or special breeding yards. I just wanted to raise enough queens to meet my own needs in my own small apiary. But from what I'd seen, I wasn't sure that it would be even possible. Was all of this really necessary to raise queens? I didn't really need mating nukes and queen cages, did I? What I did need was more information. I didn't want to just know what to do, I wanted to know why as well. I wanted to know what I needed to do, but just as importantly, what I didn't need to do. And that is why this book is focused on raising queens, not for commercial production, but for the growth and management of small apiaries. And honestly, if someday, should you decide to raise queens commercially, you'll be better prepared to do so with this foundation of knowledge than if you simply ought copied someone else's setup and procedures. Besides, a lot of people just like you and I are taking up beekeeping, and no matter how large anyone's apiary may grow to be in the future, every one of us must first manage a small apiary. It's really kind of surprising how many people are keeping bees this day, these days, even though maybe it shouldn't be after all. Beekeeping is a fascinating and rewarding avocation, and it's satisfying to tend a small colony as it grows to fill a hive. And once they become a mature colony, you get rewarded with nearly all the free honey in your family and you can eat. You might even get a bonus reward of extra honey to give or sell to your friends and neighbors. In fact, beekeeping is so rewarding that few beekeepers actually do make it a profession. And why not? 
It has been said that when you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. For some people, beekeeping may just become some such a love and passion, a full-time vocation. But for most of us, it's just an enjoyable activity and avocation only, and that's okay too. Most beekeepers only want a few hives on their property. Yes, some apiaries are limited by city ordinances, restricted by numbers of hives, and person can only have in a residential neighborhood. But I think most are limited by human nature. Frankly, most things I enjoy would become burdensome if I had to do them hundreds of times each week. In any case, whether they are limited by city ordinance or personal preference, whether they're on a rural homestead with several acres in an urban setting with a small backyard, most beekeepers simply do not want a commercial operation. Now, some may think that if you're not trying to grow your apiary and you only want to maintain a few hives, you won't need to raise your own queens. After all, wouldn't it be a lot of trouble to set up a whole queen-rearing operation? Just to raise two or three queens? Actually, it would be a lot of needless trouble to raise 100 queens if all you needed were two or three. Fortunately, just like you don't need 40 acres and combine and a combine to grow a family garden, you also don't need a commercial queen-rearing operation to rear your own queens. I say fortunately because rearing queens is much about management as it is about growth, and even the smallest apiary needs good management. It's called animal husbandry. That's right. Beekeeping is as much animal husbandry as beekeeping or as keeping cows or goats. Bees are livestock. They are certainly not pets. And managing your bee stock means you will need to be selective about breeding. Let's consider a couple of examples. Suppose you have two hives. One fills three supers with honey each spring, while the other barely fills one. Which do you propagate? One hive overwinters without ever touching their supplemental feed, while the other hive goes through their candy like, well, candy. Which one do you propagate? One hive never gets sick, while the other one seems to come down with nosema annually. Which one do you propagate? Before you respond with what probably seems to be obvious choices, let's think this all the way through. The hive that produces a lot of honey is probably the one that is more aggressive of the two, and the temperament is a heritable trait that you will definitely want to manage. The same is true with other examples example choices that I listed. Bees that are diligent about making honey, gathering stores, and keeping their hive and members clean will probably be equal diligent about defending their hive, and defensive bees are called aggressive. If your apiary is an urban or suburban setting, i.e. with nearly nearby neighbors, you may need to propagate the less defensive hives. You may want to just have to you may just have to settle for less honey, feed your bees during the winter, and learn how to treat for mites. Less defensive hives tend to need more care, but even if neighbors aren't an issue, inspecting an overly aggressive colony can drain the enjoyment right out of beekeeping faster than the summer heat in a full-body bee suit. Commercial beekeepers are usually willing to put up with more aggressive colonies because they want to maximize profit, and they usually can because their apiaries tend to be far away from other people. But if your hives are literally where you live, if they were, if they if they're where your children and grandchildren play, if neighbors are an issue, and especially if you're doing this for enjoyment, you should probably give considerable preference to kinder and gentler colonies. How much kinder and gentler will you, 
will depend on your personal tolerance and level and your unique circumstances. But before I digress too far, my point is that commercial and backyard beekeepers alike man need to manage the heritable traits of their beehives and bee stock. That means breeding them selectively to take on trade-offs and compromises between competing heritable traits. And yes, temperament is usually a principle among those traits governed by genetics. Strictly speaking, in order to control genetics of your apiary to the maximum extent possible, you should you would also need to control the drone population available to mate with your queens. Unfortunately, that requires a very large operation. For small apiaries, controlling the queens is as much as you can do. Frankly, it's more than sufficient. All of the genetic makeup of your apiary is stored in the queens. Change the queen and you change the colony. Remember, the summer worker bees only live about a month. That means a month after your new, brood queen, new queen's brood starts to emerge, the whole hive is her progeny. Of course, even when you rear your own, you may still need a reliable and alternate source of queens, but only occasionally. As a small apiary, you can only choose between those heritable traits available in your bee stock. You can't breed gentler bee if you never have, if you only have aggressive colonies. And I'm saying, all I'm saying is that sometimes you will benefit by bringing in some genetic diversity by expanding the palette of heritable traits that you have to work with, but you will never have to buy a queen because your apiary is too small to make your own. Even if yours is a small, smallest possible apiary, a single hive, you can rear your own queens and more easily than you realize. All you need is a bit of knowledge and a little bit of practice. I would make one more point before we move on. It's not trivial that every breed queen you produce from your own bee stock is, at the time of this writing, about $30 to $50 save. It doesn't take too many queens for that to start adding up. So how do I rear queens? If you are most, if you're like most who are new to queen rearing, you probably you're probably most worried about grafting larvae. Well, don't be. Seriously, put it out of your mind. We'll get to grafting soon enough. But for now, let me reassure you with a couple of facts. First, grafting isn't as hard as you fear. Second, once you understand the why and how of what to do, you'll see that rearing queens is pretty close to the easiest thing that you're ever going to do as an apiarist. What? Really? How can that be? Not only can it be, but once you've completed this book and put its lessons into practice, it will be. Unlike what you find in most books written on the subject, I'm not going to tell you how a commercial queen op rearing operation works. Jumping straight into commercial scale queen production is sort of like learning to swim by being thrown into the deep end. It can be done, but it's needlessly stressful and a little bit overwhelming. Honestly, it can be so overwhelming as to keep you from even trying. Besides, I've already pointed out, you don't need to raise 30 new queens if you have two or three hives, and if you don't need 30 new queens, much of what commercial operations do is at best needless. Oh, don't get the wrong idea. I'm not going to cover, or I am going to cover rearing larger quantities of queens too, Many of you, 
may have larger numbers of hives in your apiaries, but first I'm going to cover raising one or two queens at a time. My goal is in this approach for you to understand which parts are about rearing new queens and which parts are about producing larger numbers. When you know what you need to do and more importantly what you don't. And it begins with this question. The very first lesson you must learn about rearing queens is the answer to the simple question, how do you rear queens? Well, I don't want to put too fine of a point on it, but you don't rear queens, your bees do. This may seem trivial, but I assure you it is not. It is a fundamental idea to everything else in this book. Think about the simple truth and then learn it well. Your bees will make new queens, not you. What you have to do instead or what you have to do indeed, all you can do, is provide them with a set of circumstances that will both motivate and enable them to do so. And we will end today with a definition. Queen rearing is the act of providing honeybees with the circumstances both to motivate and enable them to make new queens. So to that end, we'll discuss on the next recording just how do honeybee, honeybees make a queen? Post note, um, I have really found that this gentleman here has uh, had a lot of experiences that I have had similar. Um, in my own uh, beekeeping um, group, um, I have been trying to set up courses to help people with general beekeeping and also I was hoping to find somebody who would be willing to learn with me as we started to do grafting and some of the other um, higher skills of, of uh, apiary management and uh, you know you get lots of people who sign up but when it comes down to the day oh well you know it's too expensive or oh well um, I don't want to do it or um, my kid needs to go to dance <laughs> so you know everybody seems to find uh, new reasons as to why they can't at that time and uh, it's it's really unfortunate um, but uh, for me I guess I just have to realize that there are some people who aren't as incredibly focused on beekeeping as I am um, I, I I don't have a swear jar at home <laughs> I have a uh, needlessly talk to somebody about bees who didn't even ask for it, Jar. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I tend to talk to people about bees. It's my opening discussion. Hey, want to hear about bees? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm a sad person. <laughs> Anyways, um, and, it, you know, the interest, it seems to be there, but then, then again, um, the dedication a lot of times isn't. And I just can't see to going and paying $1,000, $2,000 to go uh, learn how to do large-scale beekeeping queen rearing. Um, I, I did this year apply to do several jobs uh, with beekeepers. Uh, I figured, well, you know, Maybe I'll go along, work really hard for a summer, learn what they do, you know, and, and be able to be a better beekeeper because of it. Uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, nobody's given me a call back, and, and uh, yeah. So I'm uh, stuck in, in my own backyard doing my own beekeeping, and, and um, hopefully doing some teaching here this summer. 
but yeah, it's 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 frustrating, and it's frustrating as well. Like he had, where the the more experienced beekeepers they end up getting tied up with what they're doing. So, yeah. Anyways, thank you for listening today, and hopefully it hasn't been too boring. Um, I'll be continuing on next time with uh, the the next chapter of uh, honeybee biology and helping you understand a little bit more about queen rearing and um, in helping also learning myself so i I find that when i teach i usually learn twice so yeah (laughs) hopefully we can go through it together anyways have a great day and good beekeeping